What's up, ladies and gents? This is Cam back here with you on this episode of the Road to Redemption podcast, and it is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Guys, we've won a ton of money, over two grand so far, over playing with MyBookie.ag. This upcoming weekend, we've got fights on top of fights on top of fights. We've got the NBA seasons wrapping up, NHL, my Blue Jackets just got kicked out of it. But um, I know this upcoming weekend, June 8th, we got Cowboys Cerrone versus uh, Tony Ferguson. That's going to be huge. I've always put my money on Tony. I don't know if I'm comfortable doing that this time. Tony Ferguson is an absolute beast. I usually put my money on Cerrone, I should have said. Um, I don't know if I want to do that against El Kikoya. Or El Kikoy means the boogeyman. Uh, Tony Ferguson, he is coming off. Uh, some mental issues. I think Cowboy still gets the job done. Guys, over at mybookie.ag, if you uh, just copy the link, that's you just follow the link that's in the description box below, click on it, it fills out everything for you. You don't have to do, do any promo codes, no nothing. But guess what? If you deposit $100, they're going to match it. Check that out. Guys, <clears throat> if you go over and deposit right now $100 at mybookie.ag using the promo code, they will match it 50%. I'm serious, guys. This is how I started my winning streak. They gave me $25 when I – I forget what the deal was at the time. I deposited like $45 um, – or no, I deposited 90 They matched it 50%, so I got 45 back. Luckily, uh, I lost – on that fight so when i got that 45 back it was kind of nice because i was like hey i lost that was a cool thing my bookie did i appreciated they did it guys if you like to um bet on sports if you like to bet on hollywood politics whatever it is go over to mybookie.ag uh use all the codes will be filled out for you when you click the link below go over check them out we've had a lot of fun with them and we are so grateful that they are back next up b-town cbd you guys already know um cbd has a ton of healing properties uh, CBD is one of my favorite things that I use for healing and uh, B-Town CBD has been nice enough to provide it for this show for the past few months. Uh, we've been very grateful to B-Town CBD and everything that they've helped us with. Guys, go in the link below, B-Town CBD, and uh, check it out. You can use code CAMW until June 1st. Um, June 1st, that code will be inactive and uh, and we wish B-Town CBD nothing but the best in all their future endeavors. Um, busy Baby Matt, guys. Guys, we're in love with Busy Baby Matt. My daughter, Olivia, the youngest, she loves it. Every time she's eating, as soon as we set her in her high chair, she starts looking for the tethers and the toys that are attached to it. Uh, Busy Baby Matt is no joke, guys. Over at uh, Busy Baby Matt, they're operating over on Etsy. But that doesn't mean you can't still get an awesome discount. Code CAM15 saves you 15% on an already really low $24.99 Busy Baby Mat. What it is, guys, you put it on the table. It's got suction cups if you have little babies. Uh, It's got two uh, silicone tethers that come off of it. Usually you attach a binky to one or a pacifier to one and a toy to another. If your child doesn't use a pacifier, use a toy for both. And it keeps it to where when they try to throw shit, off the table, um, they, the toys, their binkies, whatever, they don't fall on the floor. If you're a parent and you've played that game, kids love to play it, and it's not actually a whole lot of fun. Busy Baby Matt keeps your kids' toys clean, safe, and uh, it just makes you look like a much better, better parent out in public that you've at least pre-planned for your child to start throwing an absolute conniption fit inside the restaurant to start throwing shit all over the place guys busy baby matt is is over there absolutely innovating and helping parents out um like you would not believe 
All right, so on this episode of the Road to Redemption podcast, I am super excited because we have Kevin, the soul assassin Ross. I've used, you guys know, I've been studying Muay Thai for about a year and a half now. Kevin Ross was one of the first people that popped up actually very organically for me. Um, I started kind of mixing between Travis Barker videos, Muay Thai, Joe Rogan, all that led me to Kevin, the soul assassin Ross. Uh, I fell in love with his story, uh, him overcoming drinking to you know battling through starting Muay Thai late to fight one of arguably the greatest Muay Thai fighters on this planet uh Sanchai and it's arguable he it was a split decision loss for Kevin Ross but that would be argued I would probably be one of those ones that would be arguing pretty loud um Kevin is a humble in victory and defeat and he's he just tells you to watch the fight. So guys, go YouTube that Kevin Ross versus Sanchai fight. It's amazing. I apologize for the audio on this. Luckily, uh, Kevin was able to understand me, but it sounds like part of my words got cut out from the Zoom call that we did. Kevin and I were not in the same room, but we still had an amazing talk. Um, the audio evens out a few minutes into the podcast, so be patient with us. Sit back and enjoy Mr. Kevin, the soul assassin, Ross. And thank you to MuayThaiAddict.com which hosts all Kevin Ross's shorts. Uh, there's some apparel other than his shorts that's being hosted there. They have some dope-ass Muay Thai shorts, MuayThaiAddict.com. And last but not least, without further ado, Mr. Kevin, the soul assassin, Ross. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this episode of Redemption Podcast. We are here today with Mr. Kevin Ross, the soul assassin. What's, What's up, up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So, Kevin, I want to jump right into it. We've we've done a lot of prep. I've about you on the show quite a few times, just as I've fall, fallen into your career as I've seen it progress. Um, I followed it. I'm new to the MMA game. So, for me, I started about a year and a half ago. Um, connected with your story first before I ever connected with you as a fighter. So, I had heard of you overcoming the drinking and stuff like that. That's very similar to my own story. Um talk through the first thing i wanted to do is like in your upbringing was fighting a big part of it i know that's a lot of people ask fighters like was that a big part of your childhood almost zero part of it um yeah, yeah i mean i loved watching fights and that kind of thing but i wasn't like i didn't get into fights and i wasn't a aggressive kid or anything like that you know i was a lot of my friends were you know it always intrigued me watching them fighting each other and always getting into scraps at school and stuff but not me i was very like i am today a very kind of quiet kid and um kept to myself you know i was always athletic and that kind of thing but no i didn't uh i didn't do anything fight wise i just always enjoyed it i loved martial arts movies things like that you know it always intrigued me but no they had nothing to do with uh, any part of my upbringing upbringing yeah and i see that that's what fighters uh when i've talked to i've interviewed quite a few i just talked to the m1 um, featherweight champ of the world two weeks ago and um and he was saying that like yeah i mean fighting yeah we we scrap like some do but it wasn't because i had some impression i was trying to get out or anything it was just that's just what kids do sometimes um so taking it all the way back were you born and raised cali no i was born in Reading, pennsylvania Pennsylvania. Okay, so you're Midwest, kind of like I am. I was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, so you yeah. have some Midwest feel to it. Yeah, I moved to uh, Vegas in 94. I was 14. Um, I spent like 18 years there. And then uh, okay. moved up to Northern California about 
six, seven years ago. And then uh, I moved down to uh, Southern California about a year and a half, two years ago. That's perfect. Good, good. Well, for those uh, for those that may not know, you've you've told similar stories in the past. What motivated you to start fighting? What I want to talk about is the mindset that got you there. You know, people can look at your story. You have a book that's coming, that's out now, Dancing with Sanchez. Have are you still doing the blogs a lot? Yeah, yeah. I actually just put a new one up today. There you go. So guys, go check out the blog. Where can they find that? That's at uh, thesoulassassin.com on my website. There you go. Um, with all that. For me, I attached to the drinking portion of it. Uh, you talked a lot like any of the other guys here that lost in your life that kind of made you look at what you were doing currently in a way and go, all right, look, if they were still here, they would not really be hip to what I'm doing right now. I got to get it together. And you found fight age, um, or later than most fighters. How old were you when you started fighting? Uh, I was 23 when I first started. First time you stepped in a gym, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was that something you have said in previous interviews that you've given that it's something that you've you always thought about it kind of popped up in your life and then it would fade away and it would pop up and it would fade away. Did you ever feel like, man, this might be something that I'm supposed to do because it keeps popping up through all the craziness in my life? This is consistently this sets me on fire every time I think about it. Yeah, I think that's why I you know, like drove it back down so much with all the drinking and, and things like that, because it, it was just digging at my soul. You know, every time I would see a fight, you know, it would light this fire back in me and, and I'd have to bury it because I wasn't ready to face it. I wasn't ready to go after it. I wasn't ready to deal with all my fears and all my hesitations. So that that's almost what caused me to go go to the go the other direction that much harder because i had to do everything i could to ignore it and to, to, to run from it were you a pretty student in school no but uh i well i would say if i wanted to be i could be i just didn't care about school you know i, I had no zero motivation for anything in school i didn't care about it i didn't want anything to do with it you know i was from a very early age, I kind of saw how most people's lives played out and the, the direction they went. And I didn't want anything to do with that, you know, so I was like so far another way, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I did want to do. I just knew I didn't want to do that. Have you worked any regular jobs that are not fight? Uh, not really. Um, I had a few here and there, but no regular jobs, you know, I, no. I, um, I did a caricature work in Vegas for like three years. That's not really a regular job. Because you can draw your ass off. A lot of people, if they're not following the Instagram, they don't know that. You've been working on this one piece for a while now, and you kind of stop and start, and you go, ah, I think I'm going to alone. It seems like you kind of pick it back up as you find more inspiration. I have a love-hate relationship with art because it's uh, like as soon as I start something, it just, I can't stop until I'm done, you know, and, and it just like eats at me all day long until it's finished. So you got... You have a lot of tattoos like I do and things is it's always been a faux pas of mine. I cannot start a piece. No, I'm not going to finish it that day. I can't walk around with half asses on my body. Yeah. So, I mean, it's similar to that with, with, with my artwork that I do. If I don't feel like I have a time frame that I can finish it in, I, I won't start it. You know, and that's kind of why I don't really do a lot of big pieces while I'm in the midst of training and stuff because I know there's no way and it's just going to be sitting there all day and it's going to be killing me looking at it not finished yeah. 
So usually if I, if there is something big that I want to do, I'll, I'll, I'll set that aside as soon as like I, I have a fight and that's over with, and then I can kind of focus on it and get it done. Heck yeah. Well, that, that's nice. And it's something that I've talked about with recent guests too, is it's nice to have something that you're not making a living. Fighting is now your living. You know, it started as a hobby and you, you talk about, you're kind of, I don't really know where this is going to go, but keep doing this regardless. Then that turned into your career art now doesn't have you for you you can pick it up put it down you can sell them it's always kind of cool yeah yeah i mean i kind of have a lot of stuff like that that i do you know i don't think i'll ever have a, a real job because there's so many different aspects of my life that uh i like to focus on and, and my writing my artwork and uh my speaking my my seminars all, all this kinds of different things you know different times I, I feel like putting a little more time and energy into one thing and other times i I want to do something else so it's it's nice to have those options and you know at the same time though it uh, it's it's tough because there are so many things that i like to do it's hard to to really put a lot of time and energy into just one of them and to get better at it and to progress yeah respect no i get it completely do you do any type of gardening or outside like lawn work at all garden yeah i know it's a weird question but the only reason i ask is that's three guests i've had on this i'm like yeah you know what's something cool that you do just to kind of stress and relax one fighter one comedian and then just a buddy of mine all three of them were like yeah recently dude i've been picking up gardening like kevin says he gardens on my shit because i don't know what this wave of people talking about it's very zen and it like even keep out i was like see gardening for me i don't have the patience for it where for, for you, like your art kind of seems like that's your thing that kind of pulls you away from everything. With that is like so intense and so so high, high, uh, high pace and high strong that everything else that I do is very low key and uh, gentle, you know, so so, you know, that that that's like the, the yin and yang of my life. Everything else is the complete opposite. So for people looking at you from the outside, and I'm sure you get a lot, it's very interesting because you would give off to most people a very kind of mysterious vibe. You are a tattooed, usually wearing something that's promoting a movement that you're a part of or something you care very passionately about. Outwardly, you're expressing a lot, but you don't say, I mean, you know, it's not, if, if you were in a room or a gym, I'm guessing not usually the center of attention unless you're trained there's press there to see you you're usually probably hanging out right kicking it but you're still giving off a lot you're giving off a lot of information a lot of energy about who you are as a person would you say that that's fair you think people pick up on that i saw so many people just wasting so much time and energy with these empty words and these empty things that you know it's like i feel so much is said in the things that you don't speak out you know and the things that it's really about the things that you do the things that you feel the, the things that you emit through your through your spirit uh, that come out of you you know i don't feel like you need to say anything um unless if, if i'm talking there's a reason for it it's not just to waste time or to fill the emptiness you know which which just is really one of my kind of pet peeves and you know i know there's a, a reason for it and you know it's not good just to keep your mouth shut all the time but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more on the uh, extreme end of that, you know, where a lot of people just feel the need to uh, fill the silence with empty emptiness, you know, and I, I, I just hate that a lot. And do you hate that because as someone who came from drinking a lot, partying, doing those things, you realize now that ultimately what you were doing, you were trying to fill some void of, you were trying to turn off the parts of you that was going, 
hey, Kevin, you know, you have actually things you care about. You have things that you want to pursue, but you're too afraid to. And once you realize that you were numbing that with alcohol, partying, whatever, is that why it almost irritates you now today? No. <laughs> That's what it is for me. Me, I'm that way. That is the reason, you know, I was drinking and doing all those things because yeah. I was, was silencing the, that my, my soul that was speaking to me. But this comes from really was started in my childhood because my family is very loud and vocal and expressive and emotional and, and all of these things. And, and I'm, I was just like, I don't want to be that way at all. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm the complete opposite of almost every single person in my family uh, in that aspect of, you know, they're, they're very outwardly vocal about everything. And I'm, I'm more, much more inward. Yeah. So for you, when, when it came to, when you made that decision and, and you can recap as much of the story as you would like, like I said, you, you lost a friend that made you think, Hey, I'm partying a lot. And then you decided to, to walk into a gym at least. You didn't walk in with expectation, but you decided to walk in. Walk people through a progression of kind of where your mindset went from the day you just said, hey, I'm not coming to anything, but I'll walk in. While you were simultaneously still figuring out, you know, kind of your life and the ways you used to do things. Yeah, well, I would say like when I walked into the gym, the so I learned about Muay Thai when I was 14. You know, I, I always thought about maybe fighting, you know, like maybe starting boxing or something, but I really love martial arts and, you know, people kind of know this story, but, but I learned about Muay Thai when I was 14. I walked into the gym to the, for the first time, I think I was 18 or 19. You know, I walked in just to, uh, I talked to one of the trainers. I kind of wanted to see, you know, how much it cost and all those things. But, but I left feeling very defeated because I knew there was no way I could afford it. One, um, two, I wasn't ready to stop partying and do all these things. So from that point, I didn't go back into another gym until the day that I started. So, so the day that I started, it wasn't for any other reason other than to do this. You know, so, so, so the day I started was in order to be a fighter and to be the best that I could be. I didn't have And when people watch the pieces of content from you, for me, the reason I connect to you was because I can pick up on that. Do you, your raw passion, your raw energy for, yes, fighting, but for life as well. It, me, you seem like someone who has gone through a journey in life. So much to say. You have so much you want to try to teach people outside of the ring or outside the octagon, whatever platform you're in. If, if you have one message that you're really trying to drive home to the people that you get to talk to at the seminars, at, the, at, the, at these podcasts, what is the main message you're trying to promote right now with everything that you're doing? Well, I would say that... Because you just made the documentary, and I don't want to mispronounce it. Os, right? It's Os. Os, yeah. Os, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um... I mean, that, that really kind of exemplifies it. It's, it's the fact that I spent 23 years of my life running from what I knew I was meant for and what, what was, even if I didn't know what I was meant for, I knew it was a calling I had inside of me. I knew that I was ignoring it. I knew that I was running from it because I was afraid. I gave myself all of these excuses that I was too old to start and it was too late and all of these things that, that, that we kind of, lie to ourselves as reasons why we can't do something and all of these reasons are just bullshit 
they're in every excuse you have is invalid because you can you just don't want to because of and you're pointing to this other thing now people other plenty of other people have those same limitations and do it anyway so there is really no excuse for you not to go after it just because it's difficult just because it might seem impossible doesn't mean that you can't and it sure as hell doesn't mean that you can't try and give it everything that you have and for me from that point that i made that decision it's the rest of my life i want to uh, uh try to help others do what took me so long to do you know i i i should have started when i was 14 years old instead i didn't start till i was 23 you know and and i realized how much of my life i wasted with all of that fear so it's it's trying to convey to people that fear in itself is a really wonderful thing it's what if it hinders you or motivates you is the question you know everybody has fear to an extent it's not about having fear it's about doing it anyway going forward going forward into the unknown because you know that's what you want to do it doesn't matter what the outcome is it doesn't matter how hard it is it's like make a decision this is what i'm doing and this is the direction i'm going and there is no other option and for me that is what i i try to express that is what i try to continually do in my own life because it's not like these fears just go away all of a sudden just because i've been doing this for however long i've been doing this you know I, I still deal with fears i still deal with doubts i still deal with especially now it's like geez i'm I'm old in this game, man. I'm like going to be 39 in July. Like, what am I doing? Like, like I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Like all these like doubts are still in my mind, in my head. And then it would be very easy for me to give up right now and to say, Oh, I did all this stuff. You know, it's, I, I can look back and you know, it's cool, but I still have it inside of me. I still know that I have this ability and I'm still progressing and getting better, but I could allow those those fears to keep me from doing it and and I could just rely on my past successes and and just just throw in the towel but I know inside that I was quitting because I was afraid. You said once before that you realize you know I'm willing to give it everything I have and if that be all then that I'm willing to do and that was really powerful to me because i had never connected with so real like that until it was time for me to stop drinking because it mine was a big battle you know our military deployments the whole deal i just let it become a thing that i did way too often and then i thought a lot like you talk about fighting i was like well now i'm too old you know i've done this too long my body too much if i was out now i would die and it wasn't until i was like i'm ready to die because I'm going to die if I keep doing this shit. I'm not really accomplishing anything here. It is not getting sort of better. And then when I said, well, you know what? I'll stop drinking today. And if it kills me, well, then it killed me. It luckily, didn't, and I'm here to you today. But And now I picked up Muay Thai because Muay Thai and kickboxing a whole. And I, I was doing jujitsu, but I kind of gave it up. Grappling is just not my thing. I did it in high school. It's just not for me. But I started with the thing of always because I was so afraid specifically of fighting when i was a kid i got in a few scraps and whatever but i was always so afraid to fight i was always so afraid to hurt and I was on tv and i was like you know i can't go train if i went and trained kickboxing muay thai people would say poser because they'd say i watched too much ufc or you know too much bellator or whatever i'm too big of a joe rogan fan whatever it is people talk shit 
But it's when you get in there and go, okay, well, it's cool to put in guards on and gloves and guard on Instagram, but are you willing to put in the runs? Because that's what people really give a shit. Are you willing to work? It, it's whatever. If you're not claiming to be anything and you're just willing to work, I think, and again, coming from a perspective, you just talked to Shane uh, recently, not too terribly long this video up on fight. You guys got to talk about that. What do you as fighters look at hobbyist MMA people such as myself and and see someone tell a difference between this guy watches too much UFC and this guy's really trying to work some shit out. He's really trying to practice a discipline. You know, it's really about your, your motivation and your drive and why you are doing this. It doesn't have anything to do. It sure as hell doesn't have anything to do with your ability level. You know, it... Um, it has to do with what, what your motivation is. Are you doing this just because you want to look a certain way and pretend to be a certain way? Then yeah, that person is a phony and that person shouldn't be around and that shouldn't, person shouldn't be here. Yeah. Um, are you here to better yourself and, and to be the, the best that you can be? And that has nothing to do with being a fighter at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I think that's a, a common misconception is if you have the same drive you know it, you don't have to have the same goals but it's the same drive are you here for the yeah. same purpose that i'm here for and 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 we are all in here trying to be the best that we can be whatever that end result is and and again that doesn't have anything to do with fighting that can be the best husband you can be the best uh whatever your job may be that just the best individual you can be and i think to me that's what fighting that's what martial arts and, and the whole mindset is about is being the best individual that you can be and that has zero to do with whatever your your goal is um yeah the, the issue is when people are just putting on this front because they want to look and appear a certain way your actions should speak louder than your words ever do but it's really tricky in this day and age with with social media and everything there's so much of that now that that it, it, it i mean it's kind of ridiculous you seem like the type to me that as you're scrolling and there's a lot of eye you fucking serious like because <laughs> i see things even as such a novice is and like i watched something with my my muay thai trainer the other day and she was showing me something where they were trying to get somebody's hip to turn over and they had a guy stepping up onto a dude's thigh who was like sitting in a wadded position against a wall. And he like stepped up on his thigh and threw the hip over. It was in the middle of somewhere and we were watching it just like, how do people come up with this shit? Like just the type of innovational training. Now, that was something I wanted to talk to you. American, Thailand, very different training styles, very different intensity levels. What can you speak to as far as those two differences, even to Muay Thai in America and in Thailand? Well, again, it's it's what your actual motivation and drive is. You know, are you just trying to look good and pretend and show these things that that from the, an outside perspective they look nice? You know, they look cool, and there's lots of lots of stuff getting hit and all these things, but is it for a purpose? Like, is, is that actually helping you be a better mm. fighter and be a better martial artist and have better self-defense? Or does it just look good on TV? Does it just look good on Instagram? Is it, is it real? Is it, is it 
is that what you're really doing every day? Are you really putting that work or are you doing it for, for a 30 second clip? What drove you, what, what drove you to where you really wanted to understand the culture of Muay Thai as a whole, not just take it as a sport, but when you dig into the culture of actual Muay Thai, not what people see as Muay Thai on the UFC or, or what people think it is, when you actually get into the culture of it, the traditions, do you like that part of it or is that just you do it out of the respect? No, I love it. You know, I, I, I love every uh, part of the Thai culture and the tradition and, and their mindset and their mentality and their approach to fighting. Um, you know, it, it's, I think so much stuff here, well, in, in this day and age, but especially like in this country is just, again, it's about show stuff, what pretend to be a certain way, show all these like uh, bells and whistles but there's no substance to it, you know, like there's no realness to it. There's no heart or soul to it. And that's everything that fighting is and should be. It's, it's about who you are. It's about expressing who you are as a person. It's about showing your heart and soul and bearing it to the entire world. Not about pretending, not about fireworks and flash. You know, there's too much surface things these days and nothing nothing that's genuine and that's the biggest difference over there it's like that's all it is is genuine hardcore life and death i'm doing this to support my family i don't have any other options i'm not doing this to look pretty or to to do to, to get, gain followers i'm doing this for survival you know and and, and then you come back here and you see people that are spending more time on their phones trying to look good and then redoing these combinations instead of real actual work. Nobody is doing real actual work, but the results show that how many people are really progressing and getting better and showing realness. But the problem is the fake stuff is the stuff that becomes more popular, you know, yeah. that, that it's kind of, it's always been that way. And it's very easy to kind of point at the, the culture nowadays and say this, but that's always been the case, you know, it's, it's it's, it's always been the case with anything that gains any sort of popularity. I, I feel personally right now, Muay Thai as a sport, as its own sport, is probably the biggest that it's been. People are probably most attention to it. The guys like like you and everything else that's blown up. But when you, when you look at the sport, where did you initially fall in love with in Thailand? I noticed it's so raw. Everything for them just seems so raw from kicks they throw to the way they talk about it it's just who they are in their blood and it's one thing that i've said i call it the tie rip when you throw a kick that noise that you make your rip is pretty fucking dope it's it's i like the people that almost sounds like it's a sneeze when it's a hat my kid because i watch it so much and i was watching one of your i don't know if it was the monster or the os but you were ripping and it was hack and my kid outside was going hack hack because you hit 10 in a row what what is it? I want to know like, what, it, what how do you find that sound? Is that just your fuck it all out? I'm giving it everything I got. This is my ripping. Yeah, I, I mean, I never. It's not something I ever really thought about before. Like, how do, do how do I make the sound? I I listen for it in fighter because I love everybody's is kind of different because it's one of the first things you're taught when you make a strike. You exhale breath to you know that's one of the fundamentals. But in Muay Thai, you guys have that specific rip. It's a, yeah. you throw it. 
And then you have guys like who you Sanchai, and when he, you know, it's a constant, oh, and he's making point of land something. I like it. It's the showmanship that I think miss is missing in like boxing and in the UFC because when somebody does things like that and they catch you and they make a little noise, you know, like he does, it's one of those things where I think it just draws you into he loves this shit. So ripping on a bag, even in, you can just tell, like, dude, you live for this shit. Well, I think that's what separates Muay Thai from every other thing is the passion that people have that do it. And, and so much of that comes from the fact that you wouldn't do this unless you loved it. You know, uh, especially like when I was coming up there, no one even knew what this even was. And, you know, this was I started before there was social media, before there was YouTube, before all these things. Like, why are you doing this? Every person that was in that gym was doing it because they loved it, because they had passion for it. And that just emits from people's spirit while they're, while they're fighting, while they're hitting the bag, while they're speaking to you. And that's something that's such an individual thing. And it, it comes out differently in, in every person. It's like their character comes out when, when they're doing these things. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it is you, you see who these people really are because you can't pretend to be anything else it just whatever whoever you are as a person comes out when you're training when you're fighting and all of these things and you know that that is another thing that i really love about fighting is no matter how much you pretend to be a certain way and say certain things when you're in that ring or wherever it is you're exposed to the world you can't pretend anymore all yeah. all the show is gone and yeah. you are wrong all the, to get to a point where the guy who's talked the most shit and gets knocked out in 13 seconds, and then everybody looks silly. The promotion looks silly. The the athletes that were a part of it, I just think for me, I have no interest in that kind of shit. But I grew up watching WWE for a reason. I just didn't like that type of shit. If I want to watch two dudes go in and hit it all because you know you're watching who trained harder, whose technique is better, I'm down for that. To watch two guys yell at each other, I can go to a bar and do that. <laughs> yeah you know it, it's one of those things like i you know obviously i'm not that way and i don't really enjoy it but i do think there is a place for it but i think it's if that's who you really are as a person you know this is some uh me and joe Schilling had a long talk with years years back you know he uh he was always asking me like i was asking him why he's so mean all the time like i'm like why are you such a dick dude and like he started like really starting to be very respectful and kind of calming down. And I was like, no, you don't, don't do that, man. Don't yeah. do that because I'm like, just be who you are. Don't, you don't need to go overboard with it. You don't need to make something out of nothing. Like if you really don't like this person, yeah, just be whoever you are. It doesn't, yeah. it does, there's, there's, I don't think there's a right and a wrong. I think it's just being true to who you are as a person. Don't feel the need to, make something out of nothing because you feel that's what is supposed to be because when you do that no, no good results will ever come from pretending to be something that you're not so if you are this loud uh, abrasive person just go ahead be that way you know you don't have to you don't have to be like me you don't have to be quiet and humble and all of these things i mean i think we all should have a level of humble humbleness but if, if that's your character be that way we 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 need all these different 
types of people in, in life. You know, we don't want everybody to be the same anyway. It's, it's being whoever you are, not pretending to be something you're not is that's the most important thing. How did it take you any amount of time to get over that? When you first started, when you were 23, did, did it ever concern you? I have a problem where I concern myself way too much with what other people think a lot of the time where like when I'm training, I'm nervous to even interview fighters because I'm not a fighter. So for you guys, most people would check out someone's page and look and go, okay, well you train, but obviously not a fighter. But did you ever have any of that where you're like, I don't want to give it all because then if I fall in love with this shit, I feel like there's a ceiling for myself. That's where I feel I started until I had heard your story. Because I was like, dude, I was 26 when I started, you know, even if I, I had written out ever even taking an amateur anything, because I was like, dude, I'm two, I'm 26. What am I, what are we talking about here? How long did it take for you to get over it? Like you said, you walked in day one and you were over it. You were ready to, to become champ. I think it was something that I just had made a decision and I realized everything from here on out is extra credit because one, I shouldn't be alive anyway. Two, I, I've I've wasted so much of my life. I had to let go of all of that. You know, it's not that I don't care and like I don't have like concerns and things that hold me back, but not enough to to. I put I was able to push past all of that because I felt so far behind. I felt like I had wasted so much of my life it's like it doesn't matter all of those feelings and all of those doubts and all of those things they don't matter anymore because we don't have time for that shit like like we're going forward and that's all that there is it doesn't it doesn't matter how i feel about it i'm gonna do it anyway so what is uh what do you have coming up what, what should the people know what do they need to what do they need to be on the lookout for <laughs> Um, I'm hoping there will be announcing a fight here in the next week or two. Okay, where are they going to find that at? Oh, I mean, if they're following me, they'll, they'll hear about it. So on Instagram there, you're, you're, you're proven active. You're one of the more active fighters who's not annoying to follow because a lot of fighters, just a billboard for whatever. It's, hey, I'm fighting here. I just did this pot. But other than that, there's nothing. You have an Instagram account for your dog and like all kinds of other stuff that's pretty dope. Um, so talk about it for a minute. We're, Coolest little thing I've ever seen in my life. Spout's name for me because I'm going to mess it up. Bovi. Bovi. Okay. He's a Scottish. What is it? Okay. Yeah. Bovi. Okay. Yeah. It's Bovi. What is it? It's a Tie Fighter. It's a okay. Tie Fighter. Is it, what kind of yeah, dog? Scottish. Old school favorite fighters. Um, no, it's a Frenchie. Isn't it a Frenchie. That's it. That's it. French boy. Yeah. Uh, all right, buddy. So, with you got the book. The book is out currently. We uh, we're working with Muay Thai addict right now. Say that again. The, I have two books out. I, I have my personal book, which is the Dancing with Sanchai book, and then the the Soul book, which is a collaboration with uh, Johnny Riley, who I did the Os film with. Um, both of those are are available on my website. He, I was watching that documentary. He seems like such an interesting soul of a person. Just he's the one of the most unique people i've ever met and um one of the realest rawest people i've ever met too you know and and all the good and the bad that comes with that you know you know you know whatever he's doing is is him 
And it looks like that. When I watched this, this documentary, you watch, and even there was a part where he's down on the ground, and he's literally, it looked like he was mimicking evolution. He started on the ground like a snake and came all the way to where he was walking like we do today. And you're walking, and it's like, yeah, and you're like, most people don't do this type of shit. Like, he's clearly done so many times, he's perfected that. Like, it was such a cool thing to watch him be so unapologetically him. And in the same time, you were being so unapologetically you, which was the opposite. He was there doing a lot of stuff, doing like moving, a lot of flash with the style that he was dressed. And then when you were in the gym, very quiet, over there ripping, you guys were like yin and yang to each other. Yeah, I mean, we, we really connected. The, the first time we ever even had a conversation, was, which was just like an online Skype call, you know, we just clicked right away. You know, I think we're both on the same path as far as what we want to do with our lives what we want to put out to the world what we want to um the messages that we want to spread you know we, we just we're we're like on the same page man so it's it's one of those things that um, we're extremely different people but but very similar in that aspect of it so so yeah he's he's been uh such a great inspiration role model and friend to me since the day we met it was very the coolest thing that i noticed about your guys's relationship a lot of the documentary there's silence it's you two are operating whether it be cooking training whatever and you guys are doing it in silence and it's such a cool energy because you guys are still off of each other in them you can feel it in the documentary with just simple subtle sounds that you guys are making you're you're communicating but you're not and it seems like a relationship like that would be one of the most therapeutic things. Do you, it, it, therapeutic essence to your guys is, I think you could be so wrong because he's not going to judge you. You know, he's so unapologetically him. He's not going to come around and be like, dude, are you crazy for thinking that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, after I went over there and, and shot the film, I came back and um, Gina was like, you're just a completely brand new person you know being able to feel that and express that and and all of these things without having to speak that you know just have an understanding with another person um yeah is is is, is really a, a an extremely unique experience and extremely therapeutic for me um to have that to have someone who has that same kind of outlook and and energy you know, which I've never really ever experienced other than a few specific individuals in my life, you know, and it's, it's such a rare thing, you know, when you find it, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. So help people play that to where they can find it the best. And I'll put a link for it below here for that full documentary. I saw it in the parts, part one, two and three, where can everyone find it? Cause I want everyone to watch that. It's cool. Yeah, believe. I mean, I'm pretty sure all of them are up on his YouTube page. Um, I think it's if you just look up Johnny Bang Riley or if you look up Kevin Ross Soul, um, the film will come up and, and, and all of the behind the scenes should pop up as well. Uh, I mean, it's pretty easy to find. I, I, I'm sorry. I found it pretty easy. I just typed in Kevin Ross Muay Thai. It was one of the first couple of videos that popped right up and but it was exceptional. Yeah, things these days are pretty easy to come across, so you shouldn't have too too hard a time finding them. 
Yeah, speaking of that, too, we team with Boy Attic for this episode. You have another pair of shorts coming out with them, right? You have one already that you've been wearing. I have, like, five. Five right now that is active up on there that people can grab? People oh, can yeah, grab. yeah, yeah. So they, they, they've got all of my shorts I've ever done with them. Um, I, I know, I think it's at least five, and we're about to uh, do a new pair. Um which is something we've been talking about for a long time with doing um, some of my artwork on the shorts, you know, and this one's going to be uh, one of my paintings um, is going to be printed on the shorts. And I think we're also going to do um, a, uh, some prints, some signed prints that people will get with the shorts they buy. Um, so this will be, um, we're just going to try it out with this one, see how it goes, see how people like it. And then hopefully if it goes well in the future, uh, we'll do several more of, of other pieces that I've done. Um, I might even do some kind of, uh, auction off and, and do a, a replica of it, um, of the original piece that we can, uh, hopefully auction off and, and give to a charity, um, and give back a little bit. So those, uh, I'm not sure when they're coming out, but, uh, we're, we're working on it. I love it. And we'll keep it, uh, like I said, we're going to have it for, for Muay Thai Attic in the bottom. And guys, please go over and support everything Kevin's got going on. What you're doing, man, is unreal. You motivated me, you'll probably ever know. Um, again, it's it's the reason I kept ripping with Muay Thai the way that I have, dude. And I, I appreciate everything. Uh, plug your Instagram really fast, and then we'll let you get out of here, get back to enjoying your weekend. Uh, yeah, first off, I just want to say thank you, man. I mean, there messages like that really just mean everything to me you know it, it's it's the kind of things that really keep me going when I just don't want to do this anymore and I can't drag my ass out of bed it's like I know that there's more than just me out there you know and I want to give as much as I can while I can so so I really appreciate that man uh, my Instagram and my uh Twitter are both the soul assassin d-a soul assassin yeah uh, yeah, and then, uh, you know, as we said earlier, my website is thesoulassassin.com, and you can find uh, all of my stuff on there. And it's perfect. Now, I have a couple quick little fast rapid-fire questions I want to get out of you. If you find any inspiration in Travis Parker, I, you, this cannot be the first time someone's asked you. No way. <laughs> I actually dressed up like him for Halloween like four years ago, I think it was five years I ago. I could see why. Um you know, I find inspiration in, in so many things, you know, any, anybody that really is pursuing something is pursuing excellence or, or not even excellence, just trying to better themselves. I find inspiration in, uh, um, particularly guys like that who have just done so much and, and, and pushed themselves so hard and continually progressed and kept it going over the years is, is that's really what what's like a next level thing. It's like not just getting to a stage, but continually staying there and, and finding new mountains to climb over the years. And then here you are. And he's, done. and he's done that. I mean, he's he's relevant in music for. I'm 27, and he's been huge my entire life. So yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty. Uh, I've always uh, thought he was dope, man, and everything that he does. Yeah, I, I could definitely see a little bit of that with, especially here, because he has, it's Marilyn Monroe here, and then you have the piece right there, and you're, I'm not going to make you go into a deep dive, I'm sure you're explaining all your tattoos. Explain the style real quick for people, because it is a lot of black and gray, a lot of stuff. Uh, well, it wasn't a, I didn't plan it out ahead of time, you know, I, I started with two, then I had the Nakamoy one done here on the lower part, and then I kind of 
just progressed into the next things uh, you know is like all of my tattoos it's like i'm not going to get them unless it's something that i love and something that really uh i'm passionate about and that just is kind of how they all happened i didn't i didn't plan all these out long time ago and be like this is what i'm gonna get and this is how i'm gonna look one day I, it's all a surprise I mean, like thank you so very much you've inspired people because like i said i'm i'm doing what i'm doing the show and everything because of stories like yours this show's called the Red redemption podcast because this is Red redemption making up for my crazy times when i was drinking and the life lesson I learned along the way and then i get to bring in badass people like you that get their story and and their life lessons so dude thanks for hanging out with us for an hour and uh and i hope we get to talk again soon Hey, anytime, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks, dude. We'll talk soon.